0: Hello, I'm glad you're with us today. Here's one of my all-time favorite passages in the Bible. I'm going to start out with this today. Jeremiah 29, says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. I went to a Christian high school where the Bible was taught, and this was the stated favorite verse of most of my graduating class because we were looking ahead at the unknowns of college or career, and we were holding on to that promise for dear life. And it turns out, though, that we were ripping it out of context because we were applying it to ourselves. But it really, if you look at what God was saying through the prophet, you realize the prophet, uh, the promise isn't made to individuals, but to God's people as a whole. It applies to each person as they work together to benefit God's people by establishing, uh, establishing themselves during the traumatic Babylonian exile. Here's the context. God's people, the nation of Israel, were in exile. They had been conquered by Babylon The Babylonians were horrible in the way they oppressed. They were brutal in the oppression of the nations that they conquered. And if you back up to verse 10, you realize that they weren't going to realize the future that was promised to them until 70 years ahead. So, the plans for the future were 70 years away, at least, a whole generation. And so the promise was given to the whole of God's people, which today is the church. And the message behind the promise is to live today so that future generations are blessed. That's the idea here. And it that still means a lot to me, even though it wasn't you know, to me personally or to me individually, and it's not all about me. It's about the next generation. So that that passage is still incredibly meaningful to me, even though I can't take it individually. In the meantime, God instructed through the prophet, the people of God, to put down roots, literally, They were to build houses, plant gardens, and enjoy the produce. They were to give their sons and daughters in marriage and multiply while in captivity. They were told not to decrease at all. They were also instructed to seek the welfare of the city where they were exiled. Pray for it, because in its welfare, they would find their own welfare. And this is the way it works. So we need to get busy to work to bless the people around us in the city where we live and multiply and raise up kids who will be a blessing as well. This is an example of the fact that God doesn't think like we do. He is working on a much larger scale and much longer term then we tend to think. There are two things I'd like to note here. First, he wants us to plant our roots wherever we are, to contribute to the welfare of the city we're in and multiply. And then secondly, he's always thinking about the next generations. And he wants us to be a part of raising up a next righteous generation. So, the takeaway i'd most like us to see here is that God thinks multigenerationally, and we should too here's a passage that highlights god's way of thinking hebrews eleven eleven through twelve by faith, Sarah received power to conceive even when she was past the age she considered him faithful who had promised or or god is who's who she's considered faithful. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, because he was so old, Abraham, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. God appeared to Abraham, Sarah's husband, and promised that he was going to have a child in his old age. And Sarah, when Abraham received this promise. Sarah was way past childbearing years and she laughed when she heard about the promise. <laughs> so it, it, it made her chuckle because she was, she thought she was way too old for that. But the promise was fulfilled. And over the next 400 years, Abraham and Sarah's descendants numbered two and a half. To 3 million people. It's an amazing thing. When their descendants, the nation of Israel, what became the nation of Israel, were led out of slavery to Egypt, they were two and a half to three million people. This is the way God thinks. He has a multiplication and multi-generational mindset. And he wants us to adopt the same way of thinking. Here's a vision for the impact you could make through multiplication. If three children each have three children, and that continues every 20 years, then in 100 years, their parents would have 729 descendants. In 200 years, 177,147 descendants. And in 300 years, 43 million 46,721 descendants. That's the power of multiplication. And this is what God wants us to focus on. He wants us to multiply and have a multi-generational mindset so that we're thinking about all the good, the, the people that we invest in, our kids, and others that we invest in, all the good they could do in the future. We can impact the future by raising Christ-following kids who raise Christ-following kids and on into the future. And this pleases God and aligns with the way he thinks. We are called to live now to make maximum impact on future generations. We make the most impact by investing in the two centers for God's kingdom work. First of all, the church family is a place where multiplication and multi-generation uh, impact happens. In fact, a, a main analogy for the church in the Bible is that of a family. We're to be like family to one another. It's clear that God wants us to be a spiritual family to each other. 1 Timothy 5 1 and 2 says do not rebuke an older man but encourage him as you would a father younger men as brothers older women as mothers younger women as sisters in all purity now nobody can replace your own flesh and blood and god uses our physical family to shape us And make an impact on our lives, no matter our experience in it. But a major part of God's vision for the church is for us to be like a family to each other. Church members should aim then to be a blessing to the families of one another. A church family is a very valuable resource for raising our kids my kids and many others in the congregation have benefited from the multiplied impact of godly examples to follow spiritual aunts uncles cousins we we've we've as we walk through life together in the context of the church community we're blessed by that we're blessed by the multiplied number of examples and models that we can follow we have people investing in kids through KidZone and CSM who turn out to be a major influence on the, the lives of our kids. And I, I want to encourage you then as a parent, get involved in the church community. Don't just stay on the perimeter, but dive into it. Of course, there's a pace of building trust. But I want to encourage you to dive in. I want to invite you to dive in. Parents should aim to include godly people in their family life and in the life of their kids, and if you do this wisely at a a normal pace, it will be very beneficial to your kids and to you as you work to parent those kids and raise up the next righteous generation. If you don't have children to invest in, I want to encourage you, focus on developing spiritual children by helping unbelievers come to Christ. 1 Corinthians four fourteen through 16 says, I write this to you, not because I want to make you feel ashamed, but to instruct you, as my own dear children, for even if you have 10,000 guardians in your Christian life, you have only one father. For in your life in union, for in your life in union with Christ Jesus, I have become your father by bringing the good news to you. I beg you then, follow my example. Paul is sharing an experience here that I've had. I have men that I've invested in who have become like sons to me. And eventually they grow into brothers and it's it, the relationship shifts. But, wow, how fulfilling it is, how meaningful it is to have that kind of relationship. You can have the same experience by making an invest investment. To help men and women come to know Christ and then grow up in him. You can multiply and have many generations of spiritual children this way. And this is every bit as important as raising a family. You raise up spiritual children by investing your time and money and energy into seeing unbelievers come to Christ. They come to know him, helping the teachable and faithful among God's people to grow, and then helping the rising generation of kids to learn and know how to walk with God. As we do this, we can also be examples to them as we make our lives about God's kingdom and God's righteousness. That, that is a role we can play, and you can have spiritual kids this way. It's an awesome privilege that we have of making this kind of investment. A second center of multiplication and multi-generational impact is your own family. First of all, we should raise our kids, you know, to walk with God and contribute to his mission. Ephesians 6 4 says, Parents, do not treat your children in such a way as to make them angry. Instead, raise them up with Christian discipline and instruction. Raising kids is a very high calling and duty, and it can be exhausting. But it's well worth the energy expended because of the impact on the world that you make. It gives you a lot of purpose if you realize God's value for parenting. Parenthood is devalued in our world. In fact, uh, there are some people who want to separate parents and their kids uh, from the instruction they're receiving and allow the kids to make all kinds of decisions These days without the parents knowing it, but parenthood doesn't have a very high value. For instance, motherhood is seen as not significant enough for a person. In the eyes of many, you must add a career (laughs) to motherhood if you want to be really significant in this world. But in the eyes of God, motherhood has all kinds of significance because it's moms who invest in their kids who are impacting the future generations. And if that can be well done, then what a blessing it is to the world. Fatherhood has a critical role also, but hey, it's closer to Mother's Day, so I'm talking about moms right now. Our kids need a mission that gives meaning to their lives, especially boys. They need something to focus their energy on. And I want to encourage you to focus on the mission that God has given us to accomplish through the church. Your family life is going to revolve around something. It has a distinct orbital path. And it's going to orbit around sports, music, education, or something like that, possibly. These aren't bad, but family life shouldn't orbit around them. At the core of family life, if you train your kids to be on mission with you, to make disciples of the nations, to help people grow, and to help people... Discover Jesus Christ and how he makes a difference in every part of life. You are including them in the most significant mission on earth. Their lives will have meaning and purpose as you work together to accomplish God's work that he's given you to accomplish through the church. Second, we must make sure Raising Christ followers is our highest priority. <clears throat> the world competes for our hearts and for the hearts of our children, for sure. This means that we must make raising our kids to walk with God our highest priority. That goal must be important, more important than money, pleasure, peace, Education, opportunity, and sports, or music, or another chosen endeavor, or status. If something else is a higher priority to you, then you're going to pass that priority on to your kids. They're going to be able to see that, and they will stumble in their walk with God. You must not put this priority at risk. The priority of raising kids to walk with God, you shouldn't put that at risk for lesser things. We parent our kids today with future generations on our heart. That's what God wants us to keep in mind. Ephesians shows us how to bless kids and future generations. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. It is not self-serving to teach your, teach your kids to obey you. <clears throat> might feel like that sometimes, but it's not. It's for their good. Because if they learn to obey you while they're under your roof, And follow your authority. Things are going to go well for them. You're setting them up. For a blessed future. If they learn to live under your authority well. Because they belong to the Lord. The rest of their life. Living under authority. Because all of us live under some kind of authority. The rest of their life is going to go well. That's the promise here. We must remember. That the example we're setting now and the training we're giving will impact the future generations of our descendants. So we need to keep that in mind. That's what God's encouraging us to do. Deuteronomy 5.29 says, Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and keep all my commands always so that it might go well with them and with their children forever parenting is a major sacrifice for sure it wears you out if you do it the right way you gladly sacrifice now though <clears throat> to bless future generations of your descendants at least that's that's the attitude we should take children can become nations over time And if they're raised well, they will become a force for good. A collective force that makes a tremendous amount of impact in the world. Just like the nation of Israel grew from Adam and Sarah and his one child, Isaac, to be two and a half to three million people by the time they left Egypt, we can, we can have the same impact on the world. It makes a difference. We need to, a vision like this so that we can give our children a vision for the impact we can make on generations to come. And we need to set the example of sacrifice now so that our kids aren't deceived by the culture into thinking that the point of our lives is personal peace and affluence. We need to guard against that. We need to set another example. If you don't have kids right now, I want to encourage you to set your heart on having spiritual children. Invest your time, money, energy, in bringing people into God's kingdom by sharing the good news with them, the gospel about Jesus Christ. Invest in the kids that God brings into your life by setting an example and getting time with them. Serve in the church and kids zone and in other ways, and you will have a part in raising up the next righteous generation. It's a great privilege that we have in doing this and serving this way. Jeremiah 29.11, just to remind you, says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. This promise was fulfilled 70 years after it was given. We sacrifice now to raise up the next righteous generation. Jesus said, that when you lose your life, you find it. And that's kind of what you do as a parent. You set, you delay your own gratification. You set that aside to serve your kids, to help your kids, to train your kids, and to set an example for them. And when you do that, you find all kinds of meaning and purpose in your life. You find your life. You discover what your life is all about. Meaning and purpose is found as we serve God's mission for us and bring others along with us, especially our kids. To do this, we need a vision beyond the norm. We don't think like God does. We need a vision for multiplication and multi-generational impact. And you find a meaningful life in doing that in sacrificing today for the generations to come. I want to wrap up with some next steps, like I always do. My next step today is, here are some next steps that you could take. First of all, make the shift to multi, multi-generational thinking. You may not have been thinking that way, but you're 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 wanting to make that shift. Secondly, take a step into the church community by attending the Starting Line Lunch on May 2nd, get involved. I want to invite you to dive in to the church community and get involved at, at your pace in a way that makes sense. And then another step would be to invest my resources in developing cho- spiritual children. And then make my, make raising my kids to be Christ followers my highest priority. Let's ask God for the power to take these steps today. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for the direction that you give to our lives and how you fill it with meaning and purpose. And I ask for the power to take the steps that you've laid on our heart to take today. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen.